0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica has taken a little time off. She will be back on Monday. In the meantime, she left some great material to post in the Patreon feed, including, for example, a surprising conversation about psychedelics and extreme sports. So if that sounds interesting to you, then this is the time to become a patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Cam is back with us today from the Mad Ones podcast. Check out his podcast, the Mad Ones podcast. Cam, how are you today? I'm doing all right, but I kind of I think that
1: Monica should be talking to like a golfer who golfs on psychedelics because that seems like it would be far more interesting to me. A golfer on psychedelics instead of
0: (laughs) extreme (laughs) sports. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, there was a baseball pitcher who used to tell the story. I can't remember what his name is, but the story of how he pitched a complete game while he was on LSD the entire time. He might have even thrown a no-hitter, if I recall correctly. It was either a no-hitter or very close to it. I guess he just got in that zone, man. (laughs) But I digress. On to our top story of the day, which is... Likely the top story of most news networks today, and that is the ongoing Afghanistan, Taliban, Joe Biden, American-U.S. pullout conversation that everybody's having. And yesterday, everybody was giving Joe Biden a a bunch. They're giving him a hard time. And that has taken a bit of a turn today. The coverage has. And... That turn has been towards domestic terrorism. This was led off by something that you alerted me to Stephen Colbert, who last night on his show, which is not a comedy show. It is CNN just repackaged with applause signs directed at the audience. That's all Stephen Colbert's show is. He compared the Taliban in Afghanistan to the January 6th protesters or whatever you want to label them as. And then today we have the trend earlier today of hashtag I stand with Biden, you know, because it was (laughs) going to happen anyway. We needed to pull out of there anyway. That's kind of the conclusion people have come to. So people are deciding to stand with Biden. And then we had propaganda filmmaker Michael Moore and all around just kind of not a very likable person, but very successful person. I will give him that. Doing the same in that he was propagating the idea that the Taliban fighters who took over in Afghanistan are comparable to the people who were at the Capitol on January 6th supporting Trump or pretending to support Trump anyway. And what he did was interesting (laughs) because yesterday we saw that helicopter image side by side from 1975 in Vietnam and yesterday in Afghanistan of the helicopter over the embassy. And they were saying, it's just like Saigon. It's just like Saigon. Here, this one image proves it. Well, today we have these comparable images proving another thing, or at least attempting to prove another thing. As Michael Moore has shown pictures of Taliban fighters with guns side by side and flags side by side with Trump <laughs> supporters with flags. None, they didn't have guns, though. They had flags. So that showed that, and Michael Moore, he did caption it. He said, their Taliban, our Taliban, everybody's got a Taliban they're at their best when they confiscate the halls of power. So that was Michael Moore's little piece of propaganda, and that got shared widely. And I commented on that. And I retweeted <laughs> it to illustrate the point that I was trying to make. I was actually trying to make this very point yesterday that you can take any two images that kind of look like people are doing similar things, throw them up together, and then compare anything to anything else that doesn't mean it's true. Well, somebody commented on my tweet, and in that comment, he posted a side-by-side picture of Vehicles driving up a road with Taliban flags on it next to pictures of other vehicles driving up a different road with Trump flags out of it and said, what's the difference? I don't see the difference. I thought he was (laughs) kidding at first. I thought it was satire. He wasn't. I quickly found a picture of Joe Biden supporters in a also a car line with Joe Biden flags. Also the same image. But it is this type of psychosis that is what will tear this country apart? That is what will let this domestic terrorism focus, which is going to be what that definition of domestic terrorism is, is where this gets dangerous. This is what could lead to people getting round up. This is what could lead to pre-crime measures, to ratting out your neighbors when people are driven holy by pure emotion or or mass psychosis, or maybe they just don't care because they're filled with so much hate. This type of idiotic comparisons to prove a point, which prove nothing. They, I mean, they have to stop. People have to measure themselves and stop being baited by the social media monster that is really tearing the country apart. I just
1: love the fact that they're calling the one, the January sixth protesters, the American Taliban. I mean, maybe if the January sixth protester had taken over the government and made a full out of Biden over the weekend, that would be some sort of apt comparison. Uh, but they were really just uh, sissies with flags and selfie sticks. I mean, that was a boomercon pride parade. It was. That's all it was. <laughs> that was. That was not scary. That was not. I don't know how these people have played this up. To be scary. It makes no sense to me whatsoever.
0: Well, the way they do it is they have thousands of hours of footage and they flood the web with enough footage so that each corner can get footage that supports what it believes. And then they don't have to look at anything else. So you can get a group of people who are all ready to believe a certain thing, and then you put the images and the headlines filled with meaning. You know they're never going to read the full articles or go dig any deeper. And then you just put that in front of them over and over again, and it confirms that belief they already had. And they have no incentive to go and debunk themselves when... What they wanted to discover—that validation—they've already gotten it.
1: Have you seen that that uh, sketch? I forget what his name is. Ryan. Ryan Long. Something. It might be a comedian. Yeah, he he did a sketch about how you can. Uh, he was a photographer and videographer, and he would just sell the same images to, to CNN different and networks. Fox News yeah. with
0: just different captions. <laughs> It it's that's a funny (laughs) sketch because there's a lot of truth to it. We see them use images from 20 years ago from other cities with headlines that are based on now. We see that they get caught doing that because they have these stock images in their just in their database that they pull because they want to be the first ones to report a story. So they don't really care to fact check them all the time, and every now and then they slip up. But I did want to connect a couple more dots on this domestic terrorism angle that it appears that they are directing towards, and I don't think they're banding abandoning the international angle as well i just think the focus is going to be on the domestic terror and perhaps a little combining of domestic and international terror but there was so so we had that
1: i just wanted to say that it's it's amazing how they turned around the way people obviously there's a fight between the state and the corporate press right now it's amazing that they turn this around for biden so quickly because you know yesterday According to the liberals, you know, this was the least successful pullout that Joe Biden has ever had. And I think that's wrong His his most disastrous pullout was obviously Hunter. But (laughs) it's amazing. People are standing with him now. They've they 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 took the cue and they ran with it. And I just want to say that's impressive.
0: Yeah, I think part of it might have been that the way the media initially reported this is that demonstrated America's weakness, not just to us, but to the international crowd. So I think that is part of this propaganda push is to show that we are no longer going to be that type of, of, of power and that we are going to kind of step back and uh, allow ourselves to be absorbed by the great reset that is being uh, kind of modeled after China and China steps in over there. So yep. that might have been part of it. Another part of it might have been, it, it does appear to me that they're getting closer and closer to, to pushing Biden out and us getting Mama Kamala. We have all we have hunter, we have this, so we could just be getting a whole bunch of angles to to use to get by now of there in in the near future sooner than I expected, but we 'll see how soon that I see I kind of thought that they would wait until two years so that Kamala yeah. could serve another another term, so this wouldn 't be a complete term, but it doesn 't look right. like that 's going to happen well let 's connect some dots i 'm sorry, I just had to say that oh uh, no it 's good no that was I mean I noticed that too I was trying to figure that out myself. So, Saturday, we had that domestic terror alert from the Department of Homeland Security that was going around, and then we had the Taliban takeover yesterday, and a couple days before that, there was an article from the Council on Foreign Relations titled... How has the terrorism threat changed 20 years after 9-11? Now, the Council on Foreign Relations, everybody's familiar with the think tank, where a bunch of people sit up in their castles in the sky and create policy that they force upon the people through puppets like Joe Biden. Here are some takeaways from this little article that was It was either Thursday or Friday that it came out. The article concludes that the U.S. counterterrorism response to September 11th, 2020 attacks yielded some remarkable successes and some disastrous failures in hunting Al-Qaeda, but that the top terrorist threat today is domestic rather than foreign. That was the main takeaway there. And then they presented some guidance on how to fight this threat. And they pointed to a document, which I have talked about before on the show. They pointed to the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. This was released back in June, and they say that this provides a clear outline of a holistic approach. That's an interesting term, because they always talk about whole-of-government responses, and they, they're they usually talking about it in the sense of the way that China or Russia responds, because that whole-of-government response is a uniform response from top to bottom. So, it's authoritarianism. It's, it's complete control from the top. And now that I see that word being used in their presentation of it, and I'm familiar with what's in the document, it appears we're attempting a similar whole-of-government approach. And they say that this this is the approach needed to protect the country from this terrorist threat. And I want to give you a couple of the quick pillars. They had four pillars for fighting domestic terrorism in this document that Biden laid out. This is Biden's plan, and they have moved forward with this plan in actionable, measurable ways that we have seen since they released it back in June. The first pillar is to understand and share domestic terrorism-related information. And they're talking about sharing information with law enforcement, law enforcement federal, state, local, private industry, basically total information sharing. And they focus this on financial activity as well. So, they say the Department of Treasury, in coordination with law enforcement, is exploring ways to enhance the identification and analysis of financial activity of domestic terrorists. And they're sharing information across the board, and they're accepting information across the board. Now, we're seeing some of this with people getting kicked off PayPal, people getting kicked off other payment platforms, Patreon, they are looking for ways to stop the funding of anybody who falls under that label of domestic terrorism, which we... We know that label includes people who question the election. It includes people Mm -hmm. who question the vaccines. It includes people who don't bow down to the progressive progressive agenda. Essentially, if you say something that is not in vogue on social media, you could very well find yourself on one of these lists. And pillar two is to prevent domestic terrorism recruitment and mobilization to violence. And they say, drawing on the expertise of a variety of departments and agencies, the U.S. government has revamped support to community partners, who can help prevent individuals from ever reaching the point of committing terrorist violence. The U.S. government will strengthen domestic terrorism prevention resources and services, and the U.S. government will improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. This is pre-crime, and they're talking about working at the local level, the federal level, with the private industries. They're talking about training people. Pu- training citizens and private workers at private businesses on how to recognize behavior that is a signal uh, that could mean that of that, uh, the person you're looking at is a domestic terrorist, or they're planning something and training them to call and alert the FBI about that person. This is Operation Flashpoint. I've talked about Operation Flashpoint a little bit on the show a couple weeks ago. Operation Flashpoint is an ongoing operation Where the FBI is going around the country and they are going to not around the country, they're going in the south where, you know, that Mm -hmm. domestic terrorism threat really is, at least according to them. And they're training retailers at hardware shops and other stores, I mean, local shops on what the ingredients of a bomb is. What Mm. someone might buy And the amount of things a person might buy If they were going to create a bomb And they even show them How to arrange all the ingredients To make They're essentially teaching these people To make bombs Monica pointed that out And they absolutely are But they're also training them To see anybody who buys certain materials And in their mind Bell goes off Do what? Fertilizer? Yes, stuff like that. Stuff that could be used on a farm. Stuff that people who... Uh, sustainable living type stuff. So people come in, they're just getting stuff to actually live. And this is going to trigger the person working there to call the FBI and report one of his customers, one of the people paying him, could very well be a domestic terrorist. So, that's what, so that is an actionable operation based on this pillar. And we move forward to the third... Oh, they also talk about the online censorship. They said the government will augment its efforts to address online terrorist recruitment and mobilization to violence by domestic terrorists through increased information sharing with the technology sector and the creation of innovative ways to foster digital literacy and build resilience to recruitment and mobilization. And the U.S. actually joined what's called the Christchurch Call to Action to Eliminate Terrorist and Violent Extremist Content Online, which is an international partnership between governments and technology companies that works to develop new multilateral solutions to eliminate terrorist content online. So they're working with the tech companies at an international level to remove what they're going to deem to be hate speech, what they're going to deem to be anti-vax stuff, what they're going to deem to be people who question the election, everything we're seeing happening. We had an episode get pulled from Spotify yesterday because it had vaccine talk in it, and I expect more will as well that is this program in action well and you saying
1: this is funny because today uh, twitter safety tweeted out we're testing a new feature for you to report tweets that seem misleading as you see them <laughs> starting today some people in the u.s south korea and australia will find the option to flag a tweet as it's misleading after clicking on report tweet so I reported that tweet as misleading <laughs>
0: and it's gone now so I guess it works. You ended the whole program right there. <laughs> you got And they said, well, we got to follow our own rules. We're going to kick ourselves off. <laughs> Did it say report the tweet if it's misleading as you see it? Was that in the language they yeah. used? Yeah. That, I, that was I a love direct that. quote. Yeah. As and you I, see I do it. think it's
1: funny that the tweet's gone. Like, I didn't realize it because I was like, oh, you're mentioning this. Let me pull this up real
0: quick. And I can't go to the tweet because it's not there anymore. The problem with that, those... I mean, obviously they want that, but when people can report stuff as misleading, they don't know. They do not know. They're just going to report things right. they don't like. It's not going to be about misleading. It's going to be about right. what triggers them. And, that's just, and they know that that is not an effective way. All that is is an effective way to see what people really hate and to see what people don't hate and to see which side people are on. Do you know who Louis Ling is? No.
1: He was one of the um, famous anarchists from the Haymarket Affair. So back in the day when Emma Goldman was still speaking um there was the Haymarket affair and some bombs were set off I mean you need to read the story if you want to know the history of that but no one was ever connected to setting off those bombs and allegedly well so they actually hanged four anarchists for the bombings even though they could not connect a single one to it wow the um the the prosecutor tried to get Lewis Ling um, in trouble and as, as far as conspiracy because he had bombs in his house. And according to at least legend, I don't know if he actually said it or not. Um, but he, he's alleged to have said in the, the courtroom, um, no, I couldn't have been, I couldn't have bombed Haymarket because I was actually at home making bombs.
0: That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So you're talking about fertilizer and stuff. But At least I'm just he's like, honest. Man, the base back then. <laughs> just like, yeah, no, I couldn't have been there. I was making bombs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the last pillar of fighting domestic terrorism is to confront long-term contributors to domestic terrorism. And this step is essentially... They tackle what they call systemic racism and bigotry in all forms of government, in all forms of industry. And this gets down to the Klaus Schwab, to the Great Reset, to a complete transformation of society by using the divide-and-conquer tactics of race, of gender, of equity, of intersectionality, and... They cite all of Biden's American families plan and all of the, all of these are socialist plans that are want to take yeah. your children from you at the youngest age possible. And they want to fill them with their indoctrination and they want to give you a bunch of money so that you don't have to work and so that you don't produce anything. And this gives them total control. So I, I go through that because there are people fighting these mandates. We've talked about this. They're fighting the censorship. They're fighting these mass delusions that people are having across the country. And I think people are, I think they're winning. I think the people who are rising up are for the most part winning. It's just not going to be reported in the news like that. But what they will report is they will report any slip up anybody has, or they will report anybody who pretends to be an anti-masker and then goes and stabs somebody, some sort of false flag. So I think it's great that people are fighting back. And I think they should continue to fight back. But I think that this just means that we have to be stronger. We can't give in to the provocations. We cannot give in to the hate. They're going to try and divide us against our fellow Americans. They're going to try to make us see them as the enemy. We cannot do that. We must fight that hate with love. We must fight their divide and conquer tactics with love. love. That doesn't mean we'd be weak. It means we'd be strong, actually, and measured. We take a breath when they try to trigger us because they're going to try to. We continue fighting back. We just withstand their demonization attempts we withstand the provocations and i think right now that the people who are protesting for the the side of liberty are winning and i think a person who is actually a good model of reacting to provocations in a positive way believe it or not i think mike lindell the way that he reacts when he is just blatantly attacked it, to his face he smiles yeah. well- he gives
1: him a hug I think one of the most important things, and this is what the propaganda report does, is in order to respond in the right way, you need to know your enemy. You need to know what they're doing. You need to know how they do it. And you have to remember, as uh, Malice says, socialists regard your property as their property, but even more nefariously regard your children as their property. And so you mentioning that, that's, it's right. a very important thing to realize. Like I am very adamantly anti-public school. And I always will be, but that's how they get them. That's how they like any, I forget who it was who said it, but by sending your children to public school, you are sending them to people who will brainwash them to hate you. And you have to know this. You have to be able to respond by loving your children, by making choices in your own life to (laughs) separate from some of these things, to make, build community, to be stronger with your neighbors instead of. Just angrily yelling
0: at the yeah. libs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's how you fight so back. You're you right. Me, you nurture. You raise your children. You. That's, yeah, it's a great point. Let me ask you something though. When you
1: hear the the words Fort Hood, do you automatically think of black flags and propaganda? It's a lot of strange stuff that comes out of there over at Fort Hood. Isn't it weird? Um, I I came across this story today. Um, the, the title being two active duty Fort Hood soldiers arrested in underage sex sting. So welcome to the the underage uh, sex trafficking portion of the show um because so there's more than one story there are actually three stories that i came across from news from today so apparently uh in fort hood two soldiers stationed there were arrested earlier this month for trying to pay for sex with a person they thought was a teenager so they had no misgivings that this was an underage person um sergeant first class Harkin alano who is 49 i want you to think about that name Wait, because these names say the name need again. to be in your head Harkin alano so they they're not important names i'm just saying when you hear a pedophile's name you know lodge that away because you know to hell with that person
0: so they clarified that the person was was underage before paying them is that what i'm hearing yes
1: yes and and his buddy chief warrant officer uh gustavo miranda who was 38 they had traveled over two hours to meet the person they believed to be a um 15 year old girl wait a second i have to stop
0: you there Two guys together? Yes. So one guy so these two guys had to some at some point during their relationship with each other had to admit <laughs> that they were into underage girls and they had the very surprising revelation that the other guy also was? I mean, that yeah, is crazy. The,
1: road trip. Jeez. Like, what the hell? Um, apparently the police arrested six other men in the same operation. So I don't know who these other men were. Maybe they were just civilians. Maybe they were part of the ring that was trying to sell the girls. Or maybe the girl wasn't real. I don't I don't know. It was obviously yeah. a stink. So the girl wasn't real. But they got eight people out of um, Texas surrounding this army base that decided they wanted to be active pedophiles.
0: What a bummer. They must be doing some sort of experiments in Fort Hood <laughs> that is causing these people who are there to lose their minds and, and make right. really bad decisions. Because there's always something nuts that comes out of that story. Out of that uh, Have you ever watched like horror movies or haunting movies? Yeah.
1: You know, like the Indian burial grounds or houses that are forever haunted. It seems like propaganda ties itself to the same area like this it really does. i don't know why it is broward county fort hood um boulder boulder like all of the it's like you don't you never just hear one it's always multiples in the, and it's fascinating to me that there seem to be these hot spots for propaganda yeah i'm not saying this is propaganda i think this is just child molestation but you know like when these big stories come out
0: they tend to come from the same places and that's
1: That's fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. And there was one more that you had. Oh, I have two more. (laughs) Let's hear those (laughs) others. Yes.
1: This made me very sad. Um, Apparently, I'm hoping it's not true. I mean, I think the woman is now 68 or 69 years old, but allegedly uh, Bob Dylan groomed and sexually abused a 12-year-old girl back in 1965. And a lot of people don't like Bob Dylan because they don't like his voice, but I always loved his lyrics. So I always loved Bob Dylan because I mean, who wouldn't who just liked the words, you know? But apparently there's a, uh, th- there's a law now, and this happens to be the same law that, um, what's her name? Uh, Jufrey, Virginia Jufrey, who brought up, um, it was Prince Andrew and Jeffrey. Prince Epstein. Andrew. Yeah. And Jeffrey Epstein. She used the same law. They took away the, it's like a, let me see if I can find, it's called a, there was, there's now a look back window or oh, you're they got about rid this. of they, it. They so, took away the
0: statute of limitations. They were able to still right. prosecute. And so now that. they
1: can, they can look back and sue people. And this is like 60. Oh, interesting. 60. This is how many years ago is 1965? It's a long time.
0: I mean, and how could you possibly prove this? That's always the challenge with these types of cases is the ability to prove it. And
1: also, well, I mean, it's not hard for me to to believe just based on musicians because I'm some of the best musicians, like people you like their music, not the people that are good people. Like, I th- was it Jimmy Page that, that had a 16-year-old or 14-year-old girl that came on tour with him? and then uh, some- someone else had a twelve year old girl i mean this is this is actually not an odd find back in the golden age of music
0: and if you go back in history, ancient Greece, they used to do this type of stuff and except they would do it with Like men would be, men would give their sons to other men of of high esteem. So it would be considered like, there's a word for it. I can't remember what it is, Mm -hmm. but they would do it as like a Um, mentor program, but they would also have these, yes, they'd also have like a sexual relationship. It, I tell people, it is really, if you read Plato, it is the most mind expanding experience with the occasional just like, Shock! Like you're reading the most amazing thing you've ever read in your life, and all of a sudden there's a uh, an old man doing very inappropriate things with a young man under age, yeah. and it just kind of throws you. It really does. It's it's very. It's historically, it's
1: history is disturbing, and it it sucks when it hits. This is someone. Bob Dylan is someone that i would never want to hear that about so you know i had my classic question on the show on my show which was about who would you be heartbroken to hear was a pedophile or something like that bob dylan's one of them yeah like i i i mean i really love like i i sing mr tambourine man to all of my babies when they go to sleep like i love bob dylan so reading this is such an incredible bummer but it's also interesting because if you start looking at different people, do you know who John Maynard Keynes is the economist? Yeah, the economist John Maynard Keynes, Keynesianism, what all of oh, yeah. our economics is based on. Um, He got a lot of flack allegedly for being gay and having a I don't know if it's low or high time preference. I can never remember this crap, Um, but he it wasn't him being gay, he would go over to the Middle East in these different places and pick up young boys. And so that was his thing. So it's like throughout history, we have monsters and these monsters become
0: prominent and they get away with it, it because, just, they, because they're prominent. They're able to get they're shielded from the authority and accountability. It's it's horrifying. And it's it's
1: just amazing that more people don't rail against the elites or the state or the mass media because it's there and we see more of it every day
0: and they're convinced that the other side is the only one that's guilty of those types of crimes when it's right. not it's not based on republican or democrat it's it's not it's people but, also, I mean, it's people who aren't powerful who when sometimes they get away with it but the people who get away with it the most are the ones who have the power to protect themselves
1: Yeah, it's disturbing. But I will say an update on um, Prince Andrew is he was officially named a person of interest in the Epstein
0: probe. I am interested to see where that case goes. I'm definitely keeping my eye on that. But before we get to our last story of the 330, which is going to be about a former vaccine manager's attempted false flag gone wrong. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is... Is segregation making a comeback in Atlanta schools? And the dumbest, I mean, the dumbest headline of the day, as well as the life and times of Hunter Biden. (laughs) I'd also like to give a thank you to our sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science. TrueHempScience.com, your CBD experts. What makes True Hemp Science different is that they create handcrafted, full spectrum CBD products by sourcing the highest grade hemp from around the world. My personal favorite is their Acapoco Gold Lotion with hemp extract. Feels good. It smells good. It soothes. I have to prevent my friend from stealing it from me because it is so good. Their t-shirts are also fantastic. Every time I wear their t-shirt, somebody says, hey man, cool shirt because it is a cool shirt. It looks good. It feels good. And it fits good. The best part about True Hemp Science is their expertise, knowledge, and they're willing to part that expertise and knowledge to help you find the products that you need. So, go to TrueHempScience.com. Use the coupon code PROP code all caps on your checkout, and you will get a discount. Check them out. TrueHempscience.com Also, if you have not yet, check us out on Rockfin at Rockfin.com slash report. Rockfin is an emerging new video platform that is like a combination of Netflix and YouTube without all the censorship. So for $9.99 a month, you get not only our content, our premium content, you get the premium content of every creator on the platform. Includes people like Sam Tripoli, The Mad Ones, Scott Adams. Lots of great content on there. And the benefit is that they aren't going to censor us. So behind that paywall is the security of the content is not going to disappear. So a lot of the stuff that you can't find on YouTube, you're going to find on Rockfin. So check it out right now. Make sure you sign up through our page. That is rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We just dropped a episode a couple of days ago about the Center for Countering Digital Hate, who feeds Joe Biden, a lot of his talking points about the disinformation dozen, about domestic terrorism. Well, we talk about how they are spreading hate as we deconstruct one of their panel discussions that they recently did on online disinformation and what their strategy is moving forward. So check it out. It's really interesting stuff. That is rockfin.com slash report. And now on to our final story of the free 30. Cam, I'll let you take it away. I'm interested about this. I'm interested in hearing about this story. Uh, <laughs> I, I laughed
1: so hard when I read this, Brad. I, so I read this a f- several days ago. There was a, this woman out of Tennessee, Dr. Michelle Fiscus. And uh, so she was, yes, yeah, so she's a pediatrician who served as Tennessee's medical director of Fac- vaccine preventable diseases and immunization. Uh, she was fired in July because she released a memo citing a 34 year old state law about whether minors may get medical care without their parents permission. So Tennessee goes undermining parents and telling ch- children to go get the vaccine without their parents this is not cool don't do that and so they fired her and she gets on CNN and she's talking to Anderson Cooper this that silver fox and uh, she's she she gets on there and she said, you know a week a week before I got fired I got an Amazon package in the mail and it was a muzzle <laughs> It was a size. She showed a picture of the muzzle. She says it was a size three muzzle. And I, I thought first it must, must be some kind of weird joke from a friend of mine that they were saying something about them muzzling me or whatever. And so, and she was like, but no, no one fessed up to it. And then I realized it was a threat that this was a threat. And so then I got fired and she goes, but if it was a threat, then this was a size three muzzle, which is the size for a beagle. When you know, I need a size six because I'm a pit bull.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) have (laughs) just planning
1: that one. (laughs) And so this article, let me read you, let me read you the the headline. Tennessee investigators determined dog muzzle sent to former state vaccine manager was ordered with her own credit card.
0: Oh, so they must have stole her credit card <laughs> and then ordered it and sent it to her right so that's the thing so she so
1: apparently she tweeted after this what was that like hold on i didn't buy it but here's here's the deal she had her amazon account and she she let the investigators go through it and they didn't see um this order and so they had cleared that and then they just happened to find another amazon account under her name, with her address, (laughs) using her credit card, exact same credit card number, that happened to send this to her.
0: I believe it. They do this all the time. This is uh, the, the Jesse Smollett thing. You per, you pretend you got a tax so that you can make a news story. You can get a lot of attention. I won, I'm wondering if she had a GoFundMe set up and raise a little bit of money. This reminds me of that story from the other day where that woman who she was babysitting someone else's kids going on CNN, <laughs> giving her sob story about how she's about to get evicted and her kids are going to be thrown out in the street, raises $200,000 off of CNN's viewers. CNN has a history of putting... C- Scammers on and interviewing them and having them give personal accounts that fit the narrative that pull emotional strings and they don't care they do it over and over again and they're never held accountable. Well, it's like that. That uh, I, I don't know what his name was. It, it was
1: the NASCAR driver. Um, for some reason, my I'm saying I'm thinking his name was Cooter, but that can't be right. Um, it Could be a NASCAR driver, <laughs> but uh, he had the FBI investigate someone tying a noose yeah. in his his NASCAR garage bay and it was just a, a tie
0: down like in every single other one in every single garage and the fact that yeah. he's a race car driver and that he didn't put that together. When I read that story, I didn't get the sense that he was intentionally doing it. I could be wrong. I got the sense that there were people around him that were saying, hey, that is a noose. You should report that. <laughs> and that he kind of got roped into it. But it didn't appear that he was intentionally doing it, but he should have noticed that. And that's what I was talking <laughs> about the other day. This presumption of racism is a poison on our culture when... You're assuming things. Look at your your shoelaces are tied in a loop. You have little nooses on your shoelaces. You're racist. Right. I mean, it's going to get to this ridiculous point where you can't do anything or say anything because it's all going to be assumed to be bad. Well, it's like the
1: another one that comes to mind is there was a church in Mississippi that was burnt down. It was a black church and someone had spray painted Trump on the side. And it was a, a black oh, yeah. dude that worked at the church who did it. And it's like at this point, when you hear these stories, your first thought should always be this is probably fake.
0: Absolutely. I I could not agree more. There was a while back in 2016, 2017, where I was actually tracking a lot of these stories. And I just got tired of it because one after another, it ended up being not what they said it was initially. It was not racially motivated. It was not the type of person or the person they said it was. And it came out months later and you never hear the retraction reported. We talked about this before, but one of them was about these anti Semitic attacks by Trump supporters by knocking headstones over in a Jewish graveyard. And Michael Moore even went on and said, there's people saying that this is, th- this is not a Trump supporter. Give me a break. Like this is a false flag. Well, it, it wasn't. It ended up being a black guy who was a Bernie Sanders supporter and openly a communist, but that didn't come out till six months later. And over and over again, that was the case. And that's not to say that there are not things that happen that aren't hoaxes. But when the hoaxes flood out real events, not only does it take away the actual justice from people who are really victimized, they don't get justice. It makes you... It makes it makes you realize that maybe what they're trying to say is systemic and trying to say is happening everywhere. Nazis marching up and down the street. Maybe that's not the case when you have to work so hard to try and fake it to try and make it so.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and I think that one
1: good thing that people need to do is realize you don't have to have a take immediately. You don't it's have to work. have a take on Afghanistan and the Taliban right now. You can wait till it shakes out, see what happens, see what comes in the next in the coming days. Um, you don't have to have a, a a take on Jesse Smollett in the middle of those types of stories. You need to wait. You need to wait and see, because like there, I think it was last year, there was this article about how lynchings had gone up and. Then I think two weeks later, there was a correction on the story and it turned out they were all suicides. Yeah. And it's like, you have to be willing to wait. You have to be willing to look into it and do your due diligence. But going with your gut reaction is not good. But That's one, one thing I wanted they to want say, to go literally gut. four seconds ago just came up on my screen. Uh, this just in Texas government, Greg Abbott, who is fully vaccinated, tests positive for, for COVID.
0: There's a cruise ship that had 28 people who were vaccinated that tested positive for COVID the other day. It's happening left and right. It's yeah. I'm wondering where this narrative about this is going. It's getting so prevalent. It's starting. It's also muddy. And but I will say the last thing
1: I want to say about the Taliban and the corporate media is that there was this story. Out there, that a white American female journalist was told by some Taliban official to get to get out of the way and and, and leave him alone, essentially. And I was like, my response was, "Oh no, they're telling the journalists to go away. Stop. Don't. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't get the journalists. You're propagandizing everybody. Don't- poor, poor journalists." <laughs> To your point a moment ago, too, not only is it okay to not have a take immediately, it's also okay to change your position when you get new information or when you've Absolutely. thought it through and weighed the evidence. I mean, it's perfect. People get baited into making public statements on it on these social media platforms, which is very much a tool for creating a, a psychological p- strength in a position that you take. Because when you publicly state something, there they've done studies on this and influence uh, practices that if you can... Get somebody to publicly state something, then they will want to present consistency externally and internally. That's just a psychological desire yep. that humans have. And by getting them to do that, you can get them to continue to double down on that position. And social media ways people into cognitive that. Every dissonance. day, exactly. But you got to, I have on my Twitter thing, embrace the cognitive dissonance. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. It's literally painful. Just like learning is literally painful it causes a similar sensation as pain when you go through something that you don't know yet and you go through that learning process so is cognitive dissonance but once you emerge from it you know it's it's good to be able to get into the practice of recognizing when you didn't get it right right i think that's important and i also think i get a lot of
1: pushback for this but i also think it's important for people to realize that it's okay to not have an opinion on everything. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not, it's, it's, it's okay to specialize. Uh-huh. It's okay to have certain areas that you don't care about. That's okay.
0: You guys can find your DriveTime News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DNB, go to patreon.com slash propagandareport and sign up there, or go to rockfin.com slash propagandareport and join up there. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the patron 15 where we have some interesting stories.